Again? Little scary guy was dressed in the same outfit he'd been wearing the night before. He was every bit as good-looking as he was short, and he'd replaced his vacant countenance with a genuine smile. He was staring at me, clapping. I looked at Rusty and then looked back, but little scary guy was gone. It must have been my mind playing tricks on me, because there's no way someone could disappear so quickly. I looked back again, and all that was left were some rich kids talking by that same door smirking at me and laughing, probably because they could. My little brother Chewie was predictably nowhere to be found, so I said goodbye to Rusty, who was officiating the mass exodus of students at the auditorium exits. I walked out the way I came in and laughed, probably too hard, as misfits right and left hollered through the crowd about their need to take a duke. I was deep into the high school parking lot, 20 feet from my car, when I heard him again. That was great, Parker! My elbow felt little scary guy's iron grip on it. Again. Can I help you? I pleaded. You have. You really already have. Gosh, Parker, I wish you could have given that speech to my high school. It's probably impossible to see now, but I didn't fit in. I wasn't one of the popular kids. Everything you said in there was prophetic. You might not realize this, but you just saved lives in there. Maybe even your own. He was genuinely excited. What did you say? I was terrified. Little scary guy was freaking me the fuck out. Now, don't hold me to this because I still have to talk to Peaches. He looked troubled, but in a good way. This is a new wrinkle now, isn't it? He laughed and slapped his thigh. I could see that he had my car keys in his thigh-slapping hand. How does he do that? He was genuinely tickled about something. Maybe because he'd extracted my keys so easily without me noticing. From my front pocket. He was so fast, I hardly even saw him move. But all of a sudden, I was dizzy like I'd just had my bell rung by Mike Tyson. What the? He held me up, and I heard my car beep twice as he unlocked it. Wow, you are a tough cookie. I usually knock people out with a punch like that, and you're still here, aren't you? But that's great. Listen. Don't get your hopes up, because like I said, I still have to talk to Peaches about it. But I think we're going to take you with us instead of killing you. I tried my best to look back at him in a manner a real man might look at his assailant, but I passed out. Mr. Duke, Parker, oh dear, you're not nearly as tough as I thought. I looked up to see little scary guys slapping me in the face lightly and found myself sitting in the passenger seat of my own car. Did you just say you were going to kill me? I asked. I was probably 10 inches taller than him and at least 15 pounds heavier, but I was in absolute fear of little scary guy. He just seemed... superhuman? My. This is an awkward situation. Yes, I've been ordered to suppress operational leakage by any means necessary. He was glowing. It's the first time we've had red level clearance and Peaches and I are having a ball, an absolute ball. If this wasn't the way to go out, mm, Lord help me. I wasn't quite sure how to take this excitable little man. Please don't get upset, Parker, he continued, happy as a lark. As you may or may not know already, you only had another week or so to live anyway. What? What do you mean I only have another week to live? What in the fuck is going on? Who are you? I started to get testy and the smile disappeared from his face like I'd pooped in his soup.
Listen, Parker, while I do appreciate your inquisitive nature, you need to let me ask the questions. If you don't, I'll kill you right here and now and toss you in that trunk with Brock Martin's dick in your mouth. Brock Martin, I thought to myself. What the? He grabbed me by the arm and pulled me closer to him. You'd be dead right now had you not moved me with your speech back there. But you need to understand this. So I'll be perfectly clear. You give me one fucking ounce of trouble or try to run from me and so help me God I will kill you on the spot. I can shoot you in front of the chief of police if I want to. That's how far my clearance goes on this. So do not fucking test me. Do you understand? I don't want to kill you. I really don't, but I will. It would actually be much easier if I just killed you. He stopped and appeared to be thinking, Oh my God, this guy is completely insane. He's nuts and he's going to kill me. I'm sorry. I'm sure you can understand. This is just a shock to me. I honestly don't even know what's going on. Little scary guy put his hand back down on the seat. Brock Martin didn't tell you anything, really? Weren't you at the bar with him? Yes, but I thought he was crazy. He told me aliens were blowing the earth in two with magnets. He's right. Come on. Well, without going too far into it, he was right for the most part. He told me everything he knew, and he didn't know shit, but he knew enough. So do you now, I'm afraid. What do I know? I was confused. Little scary guy sighed. There are identical cylinders all around the world, perfectly aligned, that when blown up will cut the earth in half. They're self-coring electromagnetic metal cylinders. Our scientists don't know what type of metal it is because they can't remove a sample to study. The cylinders are indestructible. We can't stop them. They're slowly digging themselves down into the earth. That's actually what self-coring means. I didn't know that. Do we know it's aliens? Not confirmed, but I've laid my eyes on the cylinder in Iowa, and it's unlike anything I've ever seen. It's definitely the real deal. I'm sorry. I hoped it was a joke, too, but this isn't a movie. It's as real as it gets. That's why I have clearance to kill anybody I even think knows about it, to keep the world from panicking. I understand that concept. I think we can work out a deal. You don't have to kill me. I won't tell anybody. And if I do, nobody will believe me. Please, I don't even know your name. Let me go. I promise I won't tell anyone. Negative, Parker Duke. Absolutely not. I am not going out as a soldier who neglected his last order. World panic would be worse than getting blown up. Let's talk about this, though. It must be horrible having your family name used as a common bathroom phrase. Apparently, it won't be an issue for too much longer. Well, that's a good way to look at it, he seemed amused. I probably shouldn't have told you. It is a big bummer, but Peaches and I have made our peace with it. Oh, God. Peaches just cried for hours when I told her, but Parker Duke, here's what I found in life. You always have to look at the bright side. Peaches and I are going to be together until the end of time. I wished he wasn't so excited about the world blowing up. Where are we going? Do you mind me asking? Well, we are waiting here for my little peachy poo, he said, as he pulled my car over to the curb on North Island Avenue. This is a nice car for something so old. In fact, I think we'll drive your car because ours is starting to smell like your friend. 
He took my keys out of the ignition and got out of the car, giggling at the apparent joke he'd just cracked. The Ford Crown Victoria in front of us had government plates, and when little scary guy opened the trunk, I saw it also had a dead Brock Martin. The cause of death was probably related to the bullet hole in his face, which I was alarmingly okay with. I'm sorry, but dicks like Brock Martin deserve to get shot in the face. Everyone thought Brock went to Dartmouth because he always wore Dartmouth gear around the neighborhood. He went to chiropractic school. If someone asked if or when he'd attended the school, he'd answer, I wouldn't if they'd beg me. I'm just a fan of their sports program. Come on. When little scary guy grabbed a black backpack from underneath the dead Dartmouth fan's body, Brock's lifeless arm popped out of the car trunk's opening. Little scary guy balanced the backpack on one shoulder while using his free hand to tuck Brock's lifeless arm back in while slamming the trunk door down. It didn't work. Brock's arm had fallen back into the opening and the trunk door bounced off the dead dick's arm, springing back open. In the fastest move I'd ever witnessed, little scary guy steadied the trunk door with one hand and pumped bullets two and three in Brock's face. Little scary guy looked to me. Oops, I thought he was still alive. He shrugged with an embarrassed smile, like maybe he got caught taking the wrong umbrella out of a PTA meeting or something. I was trying not to look, and even though I missed it completely, I could tell his second attempt didn't work either, because the trunk door bounced back into view. Little scary guy disappeared from view, then sprang up, facing me again, pretend jamming Brock's freshly severed finger up his own nose. He was thrilled with this improvisation, looking to me for approval, which I was happy to give since he might kill me, but also because Brock was a dick and it was kind of funny even though the severed finger was gross. With the lifeless nine-fingered body of Brock Martin in the trunk of the car in front of us, it was clear I was in deep shit. Any doubt this might be some elaborate hoax was out the door. I was either going to die at the hands of some crazy midgetish superhuman or have the world disappear underneath my feet. Little scary guy came over to the car and opened my door. For some reason, I wasn't scared. Are you really telling me the truth? Is this really happening? Aliens are blowing up the earth? Parker, I'm so sorry to tell you, but it is true. As outlandish as it sounds, especially after you've made such a difference to those kids today, it's all for nothing. He opened his wallet to show me his badge. You can call me Dusty. He was a CIA agent with a fancy rank and title, but what stood out to me was his name wasn't Dusty. It was Dennis, and it only had one N in it, like the way you spell penis. Dennis took me by the elbow again, opened my rear door, and gingerly helped me slide into my own back seat, then slid in himself. He was so small, we both fit in the passenger side, but before I could slide over to make room, I asked him, Dennis, what are you? He struck me like a mongoose, square on my thigh. I was dumbfounded. I barely saw him move, and the pain was completely out of proportion to the strike. It was so intensely excruciating, I might have, if given the option, elected to hack my entire leg off with a dull axe, because I guarantee you it would have hurt less. If you call me that name again, you're fucking toast. Do you understand me, Parker Duke? Last warning. He was pissed, big time. I will gut you so fast you'll be able to watch yourself die. 
I shut my eyes to avoid his gaze and started thinking about being gutted. It would probably hurt less than the charley horse he just gave me. When I opened my eyes again, Dennis was back behind the wheel of my car. I was crying now. I felt so much pain. I felt so hopeless. I knew I should probably say sorry to the little psycho, but it felt better and less dangerous to continue sobbing and holding my leg. Clearly, Dennis had taught the CIA course in Charlie Horses. Parker, I'm so sorry. I must work on my temper. It gets the best of me from time to time. Actually, I guess it's useless to work on it now. <laughs> He laughed his scary little big laugh. That's one of the great things, Parker. We don't have to work on improving ourselves anymore. We don't have to watch what we eat, obey any laws. We don't have to do shit. And please, Parker, please call me Dusty. As you can imagine, I got made fun of quite a bit for my name. My father was illiterate. Through the haze of my pain, my attention was drawn to the apartment building across the street where a massive black object spilled quickly out the side door. To my amazement, the largest woman I'd ever seen in comfort shoes began an impossibly graceful sprint the entire length of the building, then disappeared quickly behind it. I've got no problem with fat people. If you know the science of obesity, you know they can't help it, and you should feel lucky you're not in their shoes. I just try to always remember... There's somebody for everybody, and leave them alone. It's harder to ignore big folks like this woman, though. She was a giant. I'm talking about what my brother Bo calls, I gave up, obese. Seriously obese, like, take the doorframe out to get them to the hospital before they die, obese. Moments later, this massive giant appeared around the far side of the apartment building, walked at a brisk pace towards us and dropped like a cat off a five-foot-tall retaining wall onto the sidewalk. I watched, unable to speak. Her athleticism was remarkable. She was easily six and a half feet tall, maybe taller. She continued nonchalantly towards us. She was gigantic, larger than I had originally thought possible. "'Here's my peachy poo!' Dusty squealed. There was no mistaking this little man's affection towards this incredibly large woman. The giant crossed the street diagonally in a mind-blowingly athletic jog and slowed to a walk as she approached us. She smiled directly at Dusty as she squeezed herself through a six-foot opening between my car and the government-owned Crown Victoria in front of us. After nearly ripping the door off its hinges, she poured her massive body into the front seat of my car, ass first. After she settled in, she tilted her meaty head to the side and awaited an eager smooch from her little Dennis, who was just as eager to climb her mass and give her a teeny smooch on her giant, sweat-glistened cheek. There is somebody for everybody.